Welcome to the latest episode of The Crux of It. Appoint someone who's got zero experience managing at this level. Didn't look like they had a clue. And we're not talking about young lads here, there's very experienced players in that team. All that game I knew could get the ball to Kugar, could change the game. And teams did start to put, they started to know it, and they started to put two men on the game. Welcome to the latest episode of The Crux of It. My name's Chris, and I'm joined by our uh, York Hospital Royal panel of Dan, Paul and Mark this evening to discuss all things York City. The last time we got together, that was way back at the beginning of November, when things were looking that bit more rosy for York City. John Askey still in charge. FA Cup first round draw had just been made. Obviously, as we all know, John Askey no longer in charge. Plenty of controversies surrounding the club. Only one league have been at Woking since then victory in the FA Trophy as well. So plenty for us to catch up on this evening. I'm sure you're wanting to know in particular what Debo has to say about the latest goings on at the LNER Community Stadium. So since Ben isn't here to talk about the uh, exit from the North Riding Senior Cup, we'll start with you, Debo. The uh, ownership controversy, for want of a better word, at the club at the moment. What's your take on it? Open very very deflated uh, by it all, to be honest. Um, you know, uh, six months ago, we were, we were feeling really excited about the prospects for the club. Promoted new ownership that, that we so desperately needed and wanted. Um, and uh, here we are about six months on and um, finding ourselves in a situation could almost be as bad as... as uh, as as uh, as we were at the end of 2016, if not worse, in some ways, um, it's it just it's just so it's just so demoralising. Um, you know, you think what we had in in ASCII, um, you know, the the biggest asset at the football club, the best manager we've had for at least at least ten years, with the potential to be. Best manager we've had for a lot longer than that, given the right time and the right backing, and um, and yeah, just finding out where we're out. Askey's gone, chairman's shown his true colours, and uh, and you know, and, and I think uh, obviously things on the football side of things are uh, are pretty bad. I, I mean, I, I know I know we're not in the same position as we were in 2016 um, at this point. But and and to be fair, we did at that point we we'd got Mills in charge, but which was given had given us all a bit of a lift and a bit of hope. But I know we're probably going to come on to the new manager at some point. Um, but there's not a lot of there's not a lot of think, hope, and there's not a lot of sort of I don't know positivity things to sort of cling on to at the moment. So yeah, I just really deflated by the whole thing, and um, yeah, just just very very concerned for for, for the remainder of the season basically. What are your hopes for the rest of the season? 
Is it just survival? I mean, well, yeah, tech. What is it? How many go down fast? Yeah. Yeah, if you if you offer me 20th place, I'd absolutely snap your hand off. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, again, I, I know we're going to talk games, and, but, you, you know, you look at that performance on Boxing Day. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, it's just... Aside from aside from Thomas making a few sprints down wing, you know what what else was there? What else was there to cling to and think? God, you know, I mean, we've just been beaten by one of the worst teams in the league, thoroughly beaten at home. Like I just, ah, oh, yeah, um, yeah, twentieth place. I, I just, I just stamp your hand off. I, 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 I don't. I'd be very surprised if anyone else wouldn't at the moment, um, in the hope that you know you get some new ownership in the other summer. You can start to sort of, you know, almost start again from where we were June, July this year, without obviously the the um, you know the the, the feeling come with promotion. So um, yeah, I'd, I'd absolutely take twentieth and, and start again June, July. Yeah, season that started with so much promise for the Minter Men, slowly fading away. Paul, let's bring you in. I saw you uh, shaking your head a few times there. The same opinion as Debo. Yeah, um, on some of those things, totally. Totally, especially accepting 20th place and staying up another season in this league. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, to, to, I guess to answer your first question about the changes on the board and the changes, the changes at the top and then how that's been since the last Cooks of It podcast. Um, how can how can it change so much? I think that for me, the craziest the craziest thing was that he got rid of a manager and he broke one. He broke like the ultimate unwritten rule of football. Every single fan wanted their manager to stay. Every single fan was backing him, and 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 I think then you add to that the fact that that. Is right now, it still is ASCII's team. Those players are ASCII's players. And a lot of them, they were performing above their weight. They were punching above their weight and performing better than they were because they were under John ASCII. And you look at, you know, players like Paddy and Ollie, the times I would have said I wouldn't have had them in our National League North team. And yet they rose their game. And I think that's. It's worrying because not only, obviously, we got rid of the manager, but at the moment, a bit like Debo says, there's not really any, there's not kind of any kind of positives to replace it. I mean, obviously, you know, things. I do think things could change pretty quickly if we start getting some results. We know that we've got the fan base there to, to make sure the game behind the lads if we do start getting results and might start surprising ourselves. But we've got, at the moment, the question is like, we need to see something from the new manager or from the new system of playing, whatever that is going to be, as to how we are going to change things and how we're going to turn a corner. Cheers, Paul. Last but by no means least, Dan, let's bring you in on this. Uh, What's your current take on the... uh... Ownership situation. We'll get on to the playing side of things shortly in a bad, bad run of form you're on in the league. But in terms of the ownership, where where do you stand on that? Um, 
I mean, echo kind of similar to what the Devo and Paul have said, really. I, I mean, it just, to me, feels like a massive mess. It just feels like we went a massive step forward, gaining promotion in the summer, a chairman that, that people wanted out for a long, long time, and Jason McGill finally left the club. There was a lot of positivity when Glenn came in. You know, he was doing bits in the community, going to see the ladies' team, going to see the the academy team, and and posing with pictures with the fans and stuff like that. Um, so he kind of had everything there. You know, he was taken over from a chairman who wasn't particularly well-liked by the end. So he had everything in his favour going forward. And in one decision, he's kind of just just ruined that, really. Um, I actually think if he'd have waited a few more weeks, if he was that desperate to get rid of John Askey, he could have waited a few more weeks to see if if a bad form, because we, we were starting to be on a bit of a bad run of form. Um, and then a few more weeks later, if we'd have continued on that bad run of form, fans will have, fans are fickle. Fans will have started to say, oh, maybe John Askey's not the right man. And he could have made that 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 decision and probably not had the backlash that he had. But the, to do it when he did it and to kind of do it off the back of what was effectively a car crash interview on Radio York... I think he's just dug his own downfall, and I, and I think it's it's I can't see a way how a way back for him really. You know, he's then appointed a manager who who is very very inexperienced. Let's say, I mean, we're all hoping that it turns out to be a masterstroke, and obviously we can't judge him off one game, and we'll come onto the playing side and the new manager in it in a bit, I'm sure. But you know, I, I, and then it, it sort of Glenn's come out and said, "Oh, I'm I'm gonna." give my shares back and then the next day he's like, oh no, I'm not going to... I Illegally, I don't know where that all stands. The supporters trust seem to think that 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 kind of he can't do that and that they're in talks with investors. But I was trying to think in my work, if I resigned and then the next day I said, I don't want to, would would I be still in a job? But I don't know. I, but then if you own a football club, is it your prerogative to say that? I mean, it's a shame Jim Jim's chose not to come on tonight and I think we all respect his decision for that. Um but but it's all a mess. But but ultimately it's just a mess, isn't it? I, I don't know where it goes forward from here. It just feels like typical York City. Like I said, we've got a step forward, getting promotion, massive crowds in, bounce effect getting promoted. We've got a manager there who literally knows the league. He got Macclesfield promoted out of it with the lowest budget in the league. So we had the right man at the at the helm. All he needed was a little bit of back in. And instead, he's you know he's gone, and and fans are you know fans are still chanting for him to come back, and I feel sorry for the new manager in that sense because that that's really difficult. But it's all been from from Glenn's own doing, really, unfortunately. And I, and I think that I don't know, I just I can't see it getting resolved anytime soon. Let's put it that way. So in terms of my opinion on it, I just think it's a mess, and I, and I can't really. I can't really see the future being particularly rosy, not not in the short term, at least. Yeah, lots of nodding heads in agreement here. I think uh, a mess sums it up quite. I was going to say nicely, but uh, not nicely, but uh, appropriately. Uh, so we'll we'll move on now to the playing side of things. Let's get everyone's thoughts on the new manager. Obviously, given how popular John Askey was, uh, well, since he got York City promotion, essentially. Been a bit of a roller coaster year for York City, starting uh, right low, reaching some highs in the summer and back down to, to zero again. But we've got David Webb in charge, took charge properly for the first time on Boxing Day. 
and arguably one of the worst performances of the season. Debo, you're at that one. Uh, you, you said apart from a, a few mazy runs by uh, by Thomas, not much to shout about. Only one win since we lasted the crux of it back at the beginning of November. That was a Woking, uh, a good tuna win there. Another trip to Gateshead coming up in a few days' time. Uh, alarming run of form, isn't it, for York City? Currently sitting in 16th in the National League North, only eight points above the relegation zone. Yeah, I mean, I mean, in terms of obviously, yeah, uh, you, you know, you mentioned obviously the manager um, coming in. I, I mean, I, I just think that that I, I mean. You go back, go back to the other day, go back to Boxing Day, and like I say, um, just a, a performance that just just had nothing about it. For me, like when when you bring, you know, you're bringing back in Paddy, and that for that for me is massively concerning. That the feel that like you know he's been out alone this season. Really, you know, his last season was a swan song. It's brilliant for us last season. By the end of it, and he was a he was a huge part of it. But you, you know, when we're looking in, you bring you bringing Paddy back in the middle of the field, and I, I just I, what's I, I can't what, what's his what's what's thinking there? What what what's going on? Um, I mean, the, the walking game, for example. I mean, I, I, I walked out after red card because um, it was the it was the same ref who sent Hurst off all the shots. And, and that was just an absolute disgrace, um, and I just I, I couldn't I, I couldn't deal with it throughout. I went, and obviously, you know, given where working out on the table, it, it's it, it's a great win. It's a battling performance down to ten, ten men as well to to come out of that with three points is that is absolutely fantastic. Um, but to follow it, if you like, with you know. The worst performance of the season. I mean, the the, the problem for the, the the problem for the new manager is it you know it's it it's a poison chalice for him at the moment because he's coming he's he's coming in off the back of of you know a manager that everyone loved the best manager we've had for ten years at least. Um, you know he's obviously he's had nothing to do with that and he wants to. Um, you know, he wants to make his way into management and, and, you know, and he's applied for the job and he's got it. You know, however he's got it, you know, nothing you can be critical of him about there, but it's just, it's just such a bizarre appointment. It's such a bizarre appointment. It doesn't make any sense. I always remember when, when bloody Jackie McNamara took over and people, I remember my mate who I was living with at the time asking me my opinion. And he said to me, I, I quite like it. And I said, nah, I said, I said, this is very concerning, this. I said, don't see how we can appoint someone who's got zero experience managing at this level. And this is a bloke who'd obviously be managing in Scottish Premier League, which, as we know, the standard of Scottish Premier League is nowhere near the, the, the standard of Premier League, that even in the Championship, really. But it just seems a very bizarre point. I mean, I'm not saying I thought we'd go down, I didn't. But I mean, it turned out to be the worst appointment that's ever been made. I cannot, for the life of me, fathom how, when we're in a situation, league position pretty similar to where when McNair took over when we were League Two, similar position in this division, when we need this club needs to sustain itself, 
in this league and be able to build to have a chance in the next few years of trying to get back up. Never managed. He's never took. He's, ne- he's never managed a football team. Never mind what he's done before and who he's worked under and all that nonsense. He's never managed, and now he's managing our club. And I just, it's it, it, it just, it doesn't make any sense. It's just absolutely ridiculous. And you're praying that somehow he could, like you say, work miracles. I, it's, um, I mean, it's just, it's just extremely worrying, extremely worrying. Um, you know, you need, you, you need, you need somebody who's got a bit of experience in situations. I mean, coming coming into a club now that all right. Like you say, there's about an eight point. Is it about an eight point gap? But it only takes a couple of games. Only takes a couple of games. Another two losses on Mount, and that gap and that gap's two or three or four. And and and, and when you're on that run, it, you know we we know from watching this club over the years how hard it is. When we're on a, when we've seen this club on a bad run, and you just can't get out of it. And the, and even even games where you know players you give hundred and ten percent. And, and and things go against you, but everyone still turns against the players there. I uh, yeah yeah I'm 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 very like I say I'm, I'm very very concerned and I I just I, I don't get the managerial appointment and um I'm massively concerned for for January and um and where we're going to go and how we're going to turn it round and 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 the and it makes the working result even a bit more of a miracle really doesn't it um. And I'm fair play to the lads that day for, for getting that result. But, um, yeah, very, very concerning. I wonder how much of that appointment was because if he'd taken, if he hadn't done that with the applicants, he would have thought, right, okay, once someone who's got experience in managing at this level, someone who's been, who's done a lot of management experience at different clubs, Done well in the national, and of course that person is John Askey. So it's almost like it's almost like he maybe had no choice but to take this this crazy risk. What I find really what I find really interesting now is this is a really unique situation. Yeah, so new managers come in first game. Okay, so maybe he's still recovering from illness, whatever. We've played dire. We've played absolutely shocking, right? But now. This really unique situation. He's got whatever five days, three days training with the lads or whatever, but he's also got it's about for that second game against the same team. That's really unusual. Yeah. So he, in terms of his strategy, his tactics, his formation, what players he's going to play, how he's going to motivate them, what he's going to do to turn that round. That is such a big game. And I think that that reverse game in Gateshead, that could go one of two ways. I think if if he changes things and he wins that game, it's shown, hang on a minute, then, you know, because because I think the most important person by a long, long way for that Gateshead game is none of the players, it's the manager. Because that, he's the only person who can change that dire result and that mess we had on Boxing Day. Can I get any worse than that performance, though? Um, I guess not. Where do you uh, think York City need to strengthen Dan in in the January transfer window? Uh, what players need bringing in? Well, I mean, it's, if they've got any money to do it. I mean, this is the whole thing with Janaski. It was that the budget was spent, wasn't it? So they've brought in a loan player from Watford. 
sounds very good. Um, but we had a lot of these young players from academy academy teams come in under Jackie and they turned out to be they couldn't hack the men's football. I mean, I know that was a long time ago and I, and I think football's moved on a bit since then, but you're kind of hoping and praying that he is as good as his pedigree, you know, his potential sort of sounds from Watford. The fact he's been on the bench for them um, and they rate him really highly is um, is promising, isn't it? Well, let's bring you back in on this one. Where do you think uh, York City need to strengthen, assuming there are funds available? Well, that that's the thing is, because obviously I'm surprised we haven't, I'm not sure where the maximum, the maximum number of loan is, but I'm surprised we haven't brought in more loan players until now, because usually that's this stage of the season when large parts aren't working out. That's what you do, especially as we don't have... Like, we don't even have many, you know, we've only got really a couple of strikers and we're short on um, a lot of positions, you know, like Debo says, you know, we're playing Paddy where we might not ordinarily have played um, and players like Burgess and Greaves who thought will come on, they're still very much, no, I don't, I don't want them starting. They're not, they're not really proved themselves to be on the bench. Um, so I'm surprised we haven't got more loanies. So, you know, in terms of that, I guess to answer that question, where, where do we need to improve? Where do we need to improve? I would say a lot of people are saying striker, striker, striker. Um, I wouldn't say that. I like John Lewis. I like Duke when he's up there. For me, centre of the park, centre midfield is where we are lightweight and lacking a leader. That is where I'd improve. The, the strike, I think the strike force is pretty good with John Lewis, Duku, and Thomas up there. You know, as a front three, I was quite looking forward to that on Saturday, but I'll Boxing Day, whenever it was, I lose track of days over Christmas. But but kind of they weren't getting any service, so you can you can have Lionel Messi up there, but if he's not getting the ball to his feet. It's very, very difficult. They were feeding off scraps, weren't they? But if I can just go back, Chris, to the to the ownership um, issue and and the kind of sorry the new manager issue, I, I, my problem is he just didn't fill me with any confidence after the game. I don't know what other people thought hearing his post match interview, but he was talking about things like you know performance points. I think that's what the quote, the quote he kept saying, um, and it just sounded like something out of a training manual. It didn't sound like someone who was managed at National League level. It, it just didn't sound like someone who didn't look like they had a clue. And we're not talking about young lads here. There's very experienced players in that team. Michael Duckworth's a very experienced player. Paddy McLaughlin's a very experienced player. Lennel John Lewis is. The whole team, really, it's not full of youngsters like it was under Jackie, where you had a lot of young kids who didn't really know what, what, what they were doing on a football field. These are experienced pros, and they put in a a woeful performance. And another thing he said as well was that Gates said they're a really good side. Well, they're not. They're the second bottom of the table. They'd only won three games all season. They'd only won one game away from home. And and they could have won six or seven nil. And I wouldn't have had any complaints in that game. I thought they wiped the floor with York City. Um, so and, and I was worried by his comments after the game. Yeah, I, I like the fact he was quite honest and said we were beaten by the better team. I always like it when a manager at least sees the same game as I have. If he'd have come out and said we'd have played real well and we're unlucky, I would, I would have been even more worried. He did sort of say we weren't good enough and he didn't he didn't offer any excuses like that. But but for me, he, he just didn't fill me with much confidence. But like Paul says, you know, he, he's I think he's quite lucky he's playing the same opposition in the next game because 
at least he knows what he's got, to, the solutions he's got to work on. It's not like we're not playing Gateshead again for another three months. He knows the opposition and it'll be a good test. And, and look, I want him to do well. I want him to be like Notts County's manager, who is a bit of a rookie and unknown. And look at them, they're flying at the top of the end of the table. He might prove to be a masterstroke and I really hope for, for York City's sake that he does. But but that's a massive game now at Gateshead because if we lose that and we lose it convincingly, like Debo says, that gap gets cut really quickly and confidence is a massive thing in football. That LNER, all so far we've seen, is the fans get behind them. But I, I can just imagine some of those players, you know, like like a Duku and Ollie Dice and people, I think they are confidence players and I think they need to have the crowd behind them. And if we all of a sudden have supporters getting on their backs every time they play at home, that is a recipe for disaster. And I'll tell you what, if we get relegated back down to National League North, it could be the end of our club. Strong words there from Dan indeed. Let's try and focus on the positives for a, a short while now. Let's Devo, let's come back to you. Season, who would be your shout for player of the season so far? We're four and a half months into the new season. Uh, new season, current season. Uh, things have taken a dip recently, as we've already mentioned, but any players for you think deserve a shout-out for their performances? Yeah, I would say... Uh... Probably two, two candidates really. Maybe a third. Uh, first one's the goalkeeper. I think uh, when uh, I, can't, I can't remember his name, the, when our last goal, he went in the summer and, and went Jameson. to Harrogate. Pete Jameson. Jameson, that's it. It was obviously, uh, you know, it was very disappointing. And you're thinking, you know, we're really. You know, everyone would have wanted him to stay and, and, and play for us this season. Um, and uh, and we've been really fortunate. We've had Ross come in, and he's—I he's, mean, he's just an absolute class act. Fantastic shot stopper, always in the right place. You know, you might not—you might not necessarily always see him. You know, make like spectacular-looking saves, but he doesn't need to because he's in the right positions. You know, he. he he makes loads of saves for us. Again, Gates said the other day, you know, Dan was saying it could have been six or seven nil, no one would have earned. Well, you know, we had Ross to thank for that. You know, just making those saves and doing his job. He's just so efficient and so good. And uh, and I guess if you know you talk about positives, I guess if there's one thing about York City, as long as I've been watching them, generally we 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 tend to we tend to get good goalkeepers. <laughs> I don't know what it is, and uh, and he's another one, and he's been absolutely brilliant for us. Um, and the second would be would be John Lewis, um, top goal scorer, grass his ass off every game, um, you know, causes massive problems for defence. You know, just in terms of his his presence, holding the ball up, being strong. Um, I, he, he, he's, he's, I know, I'm well aware. He, he he's got a lot of criticism. From a lot of fans this season, and I just can't fathom it. I, I don't know. I don't know who or what they think they're watching. Um, but anyone that's criticising John Lewis just needs to go and have a rethink and have a looking mirror because uh, he's, he's so important for us. Like I say, not just his goals, but his work rate and what and uh, and his presence. Um, so I would say that. Um, a third again, and seems very bizarrely has, has come under criticism. Um, and then he's obviously out injured at the moment. It's Kuya. Um, but you know, while he was back, 
playing for us before I went off injured. Really consistent, involved in goals a lot. Yeah, yeah. obviously, at times, found it difficult. Seems to stick two or three men on him. Um, but still a class act. Still absolutely brilliant. And again, all this nonsense about, oh, well, before he got injured, he, 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 was, uh, he, he was starting to drop off. Rubbish. Absolute rubbish. Um, but where's he gone? <laughs> where's he gone? We haven't heard, we haven't heard anything. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so they'd, they'd, be, they'd be the ones for me. And, um, uh, yeah, I can't really, from a consistent basis, I can't. Maybe, maybe Fowler, Fowler feels been all right, but I wouldn't say he's a, he's, he's certainly come on throughout the season, certainly got better. Um, but not a contender for player of the season, I wouldn't say. I think you could probably add Pibus to the list, really. I don't know what Paul was going to say, but Devo seems to be really shocked by that. But I think Pibus has done a, a pretty decent job in front of a back four. I mean, like, we, we missed the keel right. We're never going to ever replace him man for man. But I think most people think Pibus is, is pretty, pretty steady. You're not having that, Devo? What about Ollie Dyson, Devo? No, Pibus, no. I, can't. Well, well, I was having this conversation with a mate of mine who I, who I sit with every week, other week. Apparently, I mean, I don't know what you lads are there, but like, apparently, like Lincoln City might be interested in signing. And I just, I can't fathom it. Cannot fathom it for life of me. I mean, it's like, yeah, he does a good job in front of back far, but does he? Well, there's no one around. He plays a few sideways passes. I'm not. I've, I've, I'm not convinced. Um, I'd probably like to see a bit more out of him. If, if Lincoln City are after, are after him, then. They must be seeing something else somewhere else because uh, I don't know, but yeah, not not for me. And as for Dyson, I just just pass on that on Chris. I'm not not wasting my energy. I expect nothing less. <laughs> Dan, let's get your uh, top three if you can stretch that far. I'm struggling really. Um, I agree with Debo. I think I think Ross has Ross has been been pretty decent really. Um, you know, I, I think I I was going to be quite happy to have Ryan Whitley starting this season. I think it was time for him to, after his loan spells out, he's not a young lad anymore. You know, he's got a lot of games under his belt. I was looking forward to seeing him sort of coming through. But you know, they, they battled it out in pre season, and I, and I think I think Ross probably edged it, and and it's difficult to drop him now because he's been pretty consistent. Um, like I said, I think I think Pivas has been pretty good. Really, I, I, I thought he was poor on against Gateshead. Uh, I know people said that that penalty might have been outside the box, but I thought it was a clumsy challenge. And I thought Conte um, for Gateshead kind of just out-muscled him throughout the game. That was the first time I've seen that. And, and again, I don't know whether that's, again, this sort of notion that he signed for Askey and Askey's gone and, and maybe this is what we are. This is my worry, really, under Gary Mills' second spell. All those players signed for Gary Mills and when Martin Gray came in, he couldn't get a tune out of them. And that is my big worry after what I'd seen against Gates, said that this is what's happening because if those players have had behind John Askey and he's gone and, and they don't respect the guy who's come in, it really is a recipe for disaster. But a third player, I think Cooligan's come on leaps and bounds this season. But again, I thought he was he had a poor game on against Gates, said. Um, John Lewis, I like. I don't think he gets a service. Hurst in spells has had good games. Kuya as well, I agree with Debo. I don't know what people were going on about. There was one game earlier on, I think it was maybe when we beat Bromley 2-1, I thought Kuyar was excellent. 
And then the next game, he didn't play quite so well. And then someone had said, oh, he's been poor the last five games. I thought, well, he, he hasn't because he played, he was man of a match against Bromley and he, I think he had an assist in it. So I, I think some some fans have very short memories. He's a class act, Kuya. I mean, he, you can get the best out of him. He, he's he's almost like a, a non-league Mares, isn't he? He's got bags of tricks. He, he can beat a man. He, he, he probably doesn't score enough goals. I think that's my only criticism of, of him. I think if he did score a lot of goals, he wouldn't be playing for York because he, he practically, first three months of the season, he, he set up nearly every goal. So I don't know what people want. I don't know... <laughs> You know, do we want to go back to the National League North days when we had people like Aidan Connolly who would be good one one game in five? Do you know what I mean? Kuyar is a very, very good player. Probably one of the best we've had in non-league. So that would be, be my pick, really. But but again, we're lacking consistency, really, with a lot of these players. Like Sanders has had some really good games, but again, he was poor on Saturday. Gives the ball away in, in certain games. and But then there are other games where you think he looks pretty solid. But I guess that's why they're playing for us in the first place. See Debo rolling his eyes, but we'll uh, move on to Paul next. Uh, Paul, who's who's your top three? We were singing Kurrigan's praises at the Blythe game. Well, not that Blythe offered anything in attack in that match, but from the few games I've been to at York City this season, he's always been strong. Would you agree that Ross and John Lewis are the uh, top two performers so far? No. <laughs> <laughs> for me, for me, number one by a million miles is Mascuya. When he was playing, obviously, you know, he's. I think one of the things is we kind of forgot, we've forgotten about him. He's gone kind of under the radar since he's disappeared, got injured, whatever. Um, but the best of what Debo and Dan were saying there about Akuya, I mean, he such such talent on the ball, and there was a, a number of games this season. Particularly, I mean, obviously, it was the early part of the season, but when something happened, amazing crosser of a ball. He dribbled past, he beat a man straight away. I remember, Chris, when we went to Halifax, and I remember like people saying, Oh, I've been dire, we've performed badly today. But all that game, I knew if you could get the ball to Kuya, could change the game. And teams did start to put, they started to know it, and they started to put two men on in each game. Which is great if you've got someone. I always thought we needed a good foil on the opposite wing, yeah. Which Hurst and James never, not really got into that. Um, so teams were marking Kuyar at the game, and his weaknesses. He does go, he does go quiet for long periods. But there were so many games this season where I was just saying, get the ball to Maz, just get it to Maz, and it will happen. So for me, when he's been playing Kuyar. Um, standout player um, and maybe a surprising choice after that Manny Duku, I'm a big fan of Manny Duku um, FA Trophy game, I know it's against Blythe and Blythe are terrible and the bottom of the National League North or whatever um, but he surprisingly has everything to his game he's got short passes he's got long passes, he's got running he's got, he's got the pace, he's got the strike and he comes back <laughs> he, he defends he was poor against Gateshead, but having said that, a lot of it didn't get the service and was trying to be played down the other wing. I think there's more. I think there's more to Manny Duku um, to be seen yet. It's where you play him. I guess is an interesting one. Obviously, we've tried up front. We've tried on the wing. Um, could he play deeper? 
I think that's a probably a, an unusual shout, but I'd quite like to see it. Um, so yeah, um, number two is Duke. I just like the guy. I just every time I've seen him play, um, I just think it's something about him. Um, number three, probably for consistency, Ethan Moss. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, Manny Duku, uh, more more popular player at one, well, one of the more popular players, you say, at the moment in this barren run of form. Let's flip this on its head then. I'm sure there are many candidates here, but let's go for, let's call it biggest disappointment of the season so far. Only one person to start on this. Debo, over to you. If you can limit it to a top three, that would be nice, but uh, we've got probably about 15 minutes. Right. So you want me to name three? But, but I mean, the, the, the thing with this, Chris, is like, I mean, so so biggest disappointments are players who are who are performing as well as you maybe hope. Yeah, yeah. Someone you had big hopes for beginning of the season. Not. It's a tough one. This. Pybus. What about Pybus? You weren't so keen on Dan Pybus. Yeah, yeah Pybus needs Pybus needs to do more when he's got the ball. You know, he he needs to be doing more. He he he. he He's too busy looking for easy pass all too often, or just the safe pass, or sending it backwards and and passing it backwards in, in situations, oppositions where there's where it's not there's just no sense to passing it backwards. Um, you know, I know if you if you if you, if your job is, is to play in front of the back far, you know, then you, there's a role to that. But sometimes I, I just look at him and some of the balls he plays or attempts to play, I, I just I just find it. I just find it mind-boggling. The thing about it is, and I started saying this about Lincoln being after him. I mean, I remember there was one game where he put, a, he, he got forward and he whipped the ball in, and it was class, and it was a right ball in. And I think John Lewis or someone just couldn't quite get there, but he's got that about him. And I, I like, I want, I, I want to I see him trying to create a bit more, and maybe, maybe we need someone else in that position, and, he, and then he can. You know, sort of flourishing in a bit more of an attacking role. I don't know, but um, he certainly, yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't say uh, certainly not a, be- a contender for, for player of the season by any stretch of the imagination. So maybe a bit disappointed there. I mean, what I would say is if you look at players like, I mean, obviously the first game of the season, Crooks started, and I thought Crooks looked that game. He played well. He looked solid. He looked good. Um, you know, it looked like not scared to put a challenge in was obviously what you need from the centre half. And then obviously injury comes in next game and he's been out for a long time and he's sort of just finding his feet back. And obviously what that's meant is, is Sanders has been playing a lot. And for me, Sanders at this level, we need, we need, we need better than him. I mean, he's, as a defender, he's, he's av- average at best as a defender, average at best. And as for his distribution, his distribution is horrendous, both in terms of quality and decision making. I mean, Dan was saying before about Coonan obviously coming on this year, and and it was like when Coonan started playing for uh, last season. You know, his distribution at first was terrible, just just putting it long to no one, or just putting it out for throw-ins was quite a regular thing. But yeah, Sanders, uh, we we need more out of him. I mean, they sing that song, don't they? And, uh, that fans itself stand, and it starts off with him. Sanders at the back. Ah, we, 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 we need a lot more out of him, or we, we need better, basically. Don't, um, don't, don't get me wrong, Debo. What I was saying before, 
I'm not saying he was one of the players of the season. I was making the point that he has had some games where he has played really well. And then there's been other games where he's been horrendous. That's my personal opinion. I think there has been games where we've kept clean sheets and we've been solid and, um, you know, and there has been, you know, quite a few games away from home, like Yeovil away, working away, where I think he's been in the back four and, and... He's been part of a backline that's been pretty resolute, but but I agree on the distribution. There's been a few times this season been caught in possession, and it's it's either led to goals or it's led to us like nearly conceding a goal. and And I do think he's he's got he's got to be better. But I don't think he's I don't think he's the world's worst player either. Um, I'm not saying he's the world's worst player. I'm saying we need we need more out of him. Yeah, and no, that's, uh, yeah, I think that's a fair it's, point. His distribution is terrible, and I'm um, it's. It's the failure to get a winger. So obviously we've got Kuya. For me, Hurst really, given the how much faith we've kind of put in Hurst to try and solve that wider problem. James also, Luke James to a lesser extent, because it hasn't really it hasn't really worked. And even like on Boxing Day. Um, when we stupid, <laughs> the most stupid substitutions ever. Um, we didn't, we didn't bring a slapping sub on for whatever 80 summit minutes. But even then, with Hurst on the bench, you don't think, oh, he's going to come on. Hurst's going to come on. He's going to change things. We've got this injection of pace and everything. You don't think that really. Um, and I think that, yeah, so I would say Hurst. James as the two disappointments. Dan, what about you? I think my disappointment has not been a particular player. Um, in fact, to be honest, going back to the substitutions there, Paul, what was the substitution all about with Burgess coming on with about 30 seconds left? I mean, that was just ridiculous. It's not like a young lad bringing him on for experience of the first team. It, it just made no sense whatsoever, but that's uh, that's by the by, but I, I think the biggest disappointment for me has been the amount of injuries. Again, you know, almost like you were talking about Paddy earlier, and and I firstly think Paddy, Paddy, you know, Paddy's been out on loan at Kiddy. He's got his match sharpness back, and it, it was right to play him. But but kind of there wasn't many other options really. You know, the, the, the team is kind of picking itself. The squad's certainly picking itself at the minute. But you know, injuries. I look at someone like Michael Duckworth who. You know, I didn't think he played enough games last season. I thought he played well when he when he played, and you know, he got that good goal at Bradford Park Avenue, and he he was you know an experienced pro and stuff like that. But to get give him another year, um, and not give someone like Clayton Donaldson another year, which I think I think Clayton probably merited. I thought the games he played last season for a thirty seven year old was was impressive. His goal return was good. I thought he was excellent in the playoff final against Boston. But Michael Duckworth got another year. Scores on the opening day against Woking, and then doesn't play again for four months or three months or whatever it was. I, it's not I don't get me wrong, I'm not singling him out because I, I know I'm sure he doesn't want to want to get injured, but it's a disappointment that he's been injured as long as he has as well. Crooks, I think by all accounts, was looking like the best centre back out of everyone we had. Gets injured the second game of the season at Maidstone, out for a long period of time. Uh, even Nathan Thomas, you know, came in. With a bang, look, looked excellent, didn't he? Then they had a few games out injured. Maz Kuya, I mean, what is that injury that Maz Kuya has got? I mean, he, he was out for for what seemed like a oh, he's missing next week because he's got a niggly injury. 
And now apparently he's not back till the middle of February. I mean, it, the, the injuries have just been been ridiculous. Luke James as well spent most of the this, this season now injured. And it makes me think, what if we'd have had all those players fit? And 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 Jarski or whoever the manager is in charge has got a full full roster to sort of pick from. Because at the minute, you know, it doesn't matter who's in charge. They've only got so many players that they can pick. And that's been my biggest disappointment. That you know, John Lewis as well. You know, I think he's gone off injured in the first half a couple of times as well. Again, it's just frustrating, isn't it? Again, I'm not not blaming these players. It's it's part and parcel of football, isn't it? But we seem to have been hit with so many injuries this year. It's 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 been really really frustrating. Plenty of frustrations then for York City fans at the moment. Upcoming fixtures, as we've already mentioned, Gateshead away on the second of January, followed by a visit of Maidstone to the LNER. Trips to Eastleigh and Oldham after that and Maidenhead coming at the end of January as well. Those fixtures, uh, also an FA Trophy fixture sandwiched in between. Looking at the upcoming fixtures for York City, we often say in these podcasts, guys, that they look like favourable fixtures and then York City go and fluff it up. But on paper, the next five league fixtures don't look too daunting. Would you agree, Paul? Is it me? or When you look back to the first half of the season, our best performances have come against the best teams. Like I think my favourite performances this season some of them have been draws. Yes, Solihull, Mars, second half, Chesterfield, Wrexham. And then when we were playing teams at the bottom, Scunthorpe, Halifax, Maidstone, whatever, Gateshead, and we've lost. So it's just really weird. So... I don't know. It should, it should fill us with hope, um, and I suppose it does. But yeah, it's just been random so far. Right now, the, the focus, the focus has to be pick, picking back up league form, and 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 putting in consistent performances that are going to get get us enough wins and draws where we need them. Um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna lose matches, cause we are. Um, but the, the focus has got. Got to, got to be on the league. I, I don't, yeah. You know, it's not like last year where it was all, you know, we were starting to come pick up a bit of league form, so it was sort of helping with a bit of momentum as well. Like, you know, we can we can play we can play the FA Trophy next season as well. So, you know, right now we're on a bad run of form. We've got a manager who's never managed before. We've just been hammered three 0 by Gateshead. I know it's one game, but we've just been battered by him at home in a. In one of the worst performances of the season, probably the worst performance. Like like Dan Sal Paul said earlier, none of the players looked like they had a clue out there in terms of any sort of strategy formation. You got Duku playing out wide. Why? Um, yeah, it it it's it got to be on the league, and it's got to be on getting results. Getting you know, get well results over performances, obviously. But you know, you need performances as well to help you get results. So. Um, yeah, I've got zero time for trophy at the moment. Dan, what about you? You wanted to interject there. Yeah, sorry, I was it was getting distorted there with the sound. Nice. Um, yeah, I, I agree with Debo, really. I mean, the trophy is one of those things that, a bit like last season, I kind of I wouldn't have been bothered if we'd have gone out early doors, but then the longer it went on, you sort of thought, oh, like like Debo said, you get the money, don't you? You got the sniffer Wembley there as well, and you never wanted to kind of turn your nose up at that. But the league's massively the priority. I mean. They do look favourable fixtures, but that's my worry. 
because if we don't do well in those favourable fixtures, and Paul's absolutely right, we've done better against the top teams, but we've got to go away to these teams now. I wouldn't fancy us to get anything at Chesterfield or Wrexham. And I don't want to be going there and, and kind of sliding down the table, needing results at these sort of places. We cannot get relegated. That That is... The thing that gives me hope is Scunthorpe and Oldham because they're both absolutely crap, aren't they? And, and they look like they're on a kind of going straight back down, you know, straight through the league into the National League North. So as long as that continues. But I have a, I have a real worry that John Askey will take over at Oldham. He's based at that, that sort of neck of the woods in the Manchester way, Lancashire. It wouldn't surprise me to see them sack David Unsworth, go in for someone like John Askey who's proven. And if we slide down the table and it's between us and Oldham to stay up, I don't want to be a bigger irony than, than him keeping them up over us. And I just have a fear that football comes back to bite you on the arse sometimes, doesn't it? When you when you you kind of it was a bit like that offside goal we got against Luton. It felt I felt like we paid for it for about another six years after it. You could just imagine us paying for sack, sacking John Askey and him coming back and and haunting us. But maybe that's just me overthinking everything. But. But the league is the priority. We've we've got to stay up. It's ridiculous, really. The last crux of it we did, we were talking about the playoffs. Now I, I, I cannot see anywhere near the playoffs. I just think if we can come anywhere above those relegation places, I'll be absolutely delighted and rebuild in the summer. Um, it's bonkers that we were even thinking that because it, it's been caused by one decision. We'd have never, ever gone down under John Askey. Um you know, and I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that the football was ever like Gary Mills, Mark One or anything under Askey. He was quite a pragmatic manager. But the fans loved him. It's very, very rare you get a fan base that are wholly behind one manager. Ever. I can't ever remember. Even Mil- even under Mills, people had people had things to moan about. But under John Askey, I can't, I can't think of anyone who, who wanted him to go. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. And then to appoint a, an absolute rookie... He's he might be a masterstroke, and and I'll happily hold my hands up and say, yeah, well done, that was a great decision. But I, I just I worry, um, you know, league's a priority. Yeah, intriguing times lie ahead for York City. Well, we're coming to the end of this episode of the Crux of It, but before we do, I'll uh, hand over the reins to Dan for the Shambles Spinner, a yeah, regular feature of the Crux of It podcast. Over to you, Dan. Yeah, I said I was going to come up with one, didn't I? And I forgot to do it. Why, why don't we do a, a, a kind of spin it on its head because it's a Christmas special. Um, best player we ever had in the National League North. Two months of Maz Korea for me. <laughs> I know it's the easy option. But, uh, he was only there for two months and I can't remember a player ever having such an impact in such a short space of time. Um... I don't know on this one. Um, obviously, the the thing with it is you've got three seasons of absolute fodder, really, haven't you? Mixed in with um, a fairly decent season that was cut short by COVID, and then uh, and obviously just missing out on promotion that year by not point whatever points it was. And then obviously last year where you, where you get promotion, um, I would have to, I would have to say for me I think given given the consistency of their performances, it's, it'd be between Akil Ray and and Jameson, and um, 
it's hard to it's hard to pick really, to be honest. Uh if I'd have to go with one could we got a replacement in for right somewhere else and then maybe go Jameson. Yeah, maybe if you're putting a gun to my head I'd say Jameson, but I'd feel very harsh and right, but certainly certainly between them two, they were they in consi- uh, their consistency and quality uh, for that level were were uh, were superb. You go for Jameson, I'll go for Wright. I think Akil Wright was a colossus really for us. I think he's a big, big miss. I'm I'm delighted to see him doing really well for Stockport because he wasn't he wasn't starting for them. In fact, he wasn't even in the squad earlier on. And I was, I was thinking, why is that? You know, what a waste. We'll, we'll have him back, but I think he had a undiagnosed sort of injury or a, a problem. A blood problem or something like that. I can't remember what it what it was, but I'd read. But but he's he's he recently got back into their team, broken through, and 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 I saw a tweet the other week just from Stockport saying how good is is this player since he's been back, and and it was a kill Ryan. I, I couldn't be happier for him. I think he's a top draw player. I think he gave hundred percent every single game he played for York City. I can't I can't remember any game where he didn't play well. I really can't remember him ever having a stinker. I can't, you know, Jameson had, had odd games, didn't he, where I remember the Hereford game, I think he made a mistake, and then they were very rare as well, but I think Akil Wright, I think consistency-wise, he was he was an, on another level, and um, Chris, I know what you're saying about Kuyari, you know, I think he was that missing link we had in that last couple of months, he made a big, big difference, um, but yeah, that, that, Akil Wright for me, Paul? Um, I would say probably Jameson from the number of the number of games he was man of the match, the number of games he actually kept us in it and the result would have been different without him. Um other person I might say is Mc names escape me. For first half of the season, bulky central defender under Watson. Mc 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 Multi. First half of that season. First half of that season, when that team, let's face it, was the best was the best team in the league, and they, they were some way, sometimes they were, they were pretty much perfect. Um, and he was he was the king of that defence, and so yeah, McNulty or Jameson. Well, thanks, chaps. Uh, thank you to everyone for listening. You've been listening to the latest episode of the Crux of It. A podcast in conjunction with York Hospital Wall. Thank you for your support. If you'd like to make a donation, then please do so by going to www.justgiving.com forward slash York Hospital Radio. But until next time, Happy New Year, and we'll see you Happy very soon. Happy New Year, thanks.